0: Hello, guys. I am Ricardo de la Blanca. During the last 20 years, I've been working in different parts of the world where I met very interesting people, people who accomplish what seems impossible, people who make mistakes, fun and passionate people, people from whom we are going to learn what no school or university can teach. We're going to learn from leaders. My lovely Meryl Kennedy, I'm so so happy you accept to be in these interviews. As I told you before, Meryl, what we're trying to do in this hard time is show fantastic stories, the story of people that we really admire, but that the, not no one understands exactly how was the you know the, the the ride, how hard was the beginning, and, and through these stories inspire people. So. What what we're looking for, Meryl, is to know better uh, about your life, even from the beginning when you're a child and a kid, and and then the the university, the people that you know that maybe change your life. For the people that don't know Meryl, uh, we met uh, like two nerds in Harvard maybe (laughs) five years ago. (laughs) A nice place to meet. And um, uh, from this moment, we have been immediately friends, and I had the opportunity last year to help Merle in something fantastic, that is the, the the building of some amazing rice company called Four Sisters. But she's gonna talk about that. for so it's an amazing it's an amazing woman. It's not amazing just the work that he's doing in uh, for the family uh, and the company he owns, but also for the community. I know that you are doing a lot of social things. So I'm super proud to be your friend, Merle. I love you, and super happy oh, I love to you have too, you. Ricardo. To have you in this call so and now please tell us your story
1: you know ricardo i think um you know even the way we met kind of sums up a little bit of my story when i was a child uh, my parents traveled a lot and so i was really fortunate to travel with them but that meant that i didn't really get to start um, my education until i was almost in second grade so i've always had this kind of hunger to Honestly, not be behind again because if you could imagine starting in second grade when you have very little background, you know, you you have no math skills. I mean, I was pretty much dumbed the idiot in class or wow. um, from the very beginning, and so that was really challenging. I felt like um, it wasn't until I was honestly in high school that I really felt like I caught up to my peers, and so since then I feel like I've constantly been striving. Um, you know, to not be in that position again, and to always, you know, kind of try to educate myself to the highest standards. So, but, you know, my background really as a child was, was great. Um, You know, my father is the the first generation entrepreneur, self-starter type person. He taught me the value of hard work from a very young age. Um, You know, there was no, you know, half half anything, everything you're going to do at the, you know, to the utmost of your ability, Um, you know, constant kind of, you know, this struggle between, well, that was good, but never good enough situation. I can't ever remember my parents, either one of them telling me that you know, I had just done something extraordinary. I mean, everything was, everything was, yeah, that's great. What else? You know? So um, not, not that that was a bad thing. Um, They also gave me a ton of independence. I I have to say for my mother, um, my mother was probably harder on me than my father. Even she was a homemaker and still is, but because I was her, her only child in many ways and, and the youngest in the family, it was, it was just very much tough love. You know, you're going to take care of yourself. Um, You know, you're going to figure out what you're going to do every day, how you're going to get to school every day, how you're going to pack your lunch. Um, If you want to go to college, then you apply to go to college. If you don't want to go to college, then it's not my fault. Um, If you get an A, it's, it's your own doing. But um, so she was very supportive. She was not, I don't want it to seem like she wasn't there by any means because she was, and she's a very loving mother but um she just there was no excuses right there's no excuses in my household like if if you know if it didn't happen it was my own fault
0: um well it's interesting that all the stories that i hear the father were a very important part of the stories and they were always like this uh, always giving you know a, a value to hard work Pushing the kids, I thought you, I, as well as me, we are fathers, parents. It's very important to to always, you know, educate your kids in the same way. I love that yesterday you bring your kid to the your, with your father to the, you know, to the land. and yeah. was, this this is amazing. Super. In fact, I'm gonna put right here the picture of your kid because we can insert pictures. So the, the the idea, so the, of of t- uh, teaching them the value of money, the value of hard work, the value of waking up very early in the morning, uh, and you know, uh, and fight for their things is a fantastic, you know, basic skill, basic you know, for everything successful people. Yeah.
1: Now look, and I think that kids do watch you and watch the things you're doing if you're getting up early if you're working hard if you know you've got that drive they definitely see that but I also think it's important to to let kids you know go with you to the office like I let my kids I mean occasionally and not every day necessarily but see you what you're doing in the field let them understand from a very early it, it
0: was it was wait a second. it was took me too long did I say it but I, like I love you I, I you. I love you. I love you one second. So, okay. That? So it's important too.
1: Yeah. So I think it's just extremely important, not only for your kids to see you, you know, in an everyday kind of cycle of getting up early, trying really hard, um, you know, putting your best foot forward every day, but also I think it's important to involve your kids in things you're doing. So, you know, from a very early age, my father would take me with him to board meetings, places that you wouldn't normally see children. You know, my mother and I would go, you know, to Houston or somewhere like that with him. Even if I wasn't in the meeting, I knew that that was a very important moment for him. You know, seeing him dress up, you know, all all those kind of things, you know, being involved with friends of his from a very early age, having to introduce myself to important people. Um, you know, that, that started very early for me. And it, it continued, actually, even when I started working for him. I mean, he just... There was nothing that um, you know that was not something that he wanted me to be part of, and I think
0: that's important. I, I love I love what you said. That remember me that my father uh, always did the same with me. The only difference is that my father has a fashion company, so she brings yeah. me for the fashion shows with the models. So I was super yeah. happy. I don't I know, mean, it was you, an inspiration. You're in love. I, I, I know not, of, I was I not know how to work at all. It was really really dispeding of course, but I don't
1: know. It's true. Yeah, but I mean, you know, that instilled in you probably a lot of, you know, your design elements and why you care about the way things look and, and the beauty of life and all that I think is so important, right? So 100%. you know, there's there's very there's a lot that you, you know you learn from I feel like in your life um, it's probably a grandfather frankly that instilled in me or instilled in me a really huge love of education um, my grandfather was a professor at the local college and so I'll never forget I mean when email came out you know he got a little email address and he would he would actually grammatically correct my emails to him in a very loving way but you know if I'd write him an email he would write back and like spell check it for me you know? so nice this is, this is, so um, and you know just just little things on how the way you introduce yourself to people. look, these are small things, but we live in a very much a world that cares about these things. People are going to size you up the moment they meet you, right? So how you dress no matter if you want to admit it or not matters how you look, but not just how you look, but how how you present yourself to the world, right? So it's about confidence, and I think that building confidence in children is probably the best value than you can give them whether that's through involving them in your work whether that's showing them that you're a confident person the way you treat yourself the way you you know talk about yourself even right so um i think that that for women in particular i think that that's something that women should watch um on a
0: daily basis but when when you were in the school do you know exactly Mm -hmm. what you want to study or you were more
1: yeah No, Ricardo, um, my father at like 14 and 15 started telling me that I should just drop out of school. You know, he's completely self-made, didn't go to college, has no value of education. Right. So really that part was some silly of my grandfather. He, he could care less. He thought he values everything on hard work and, and, you know, he is the perfect example truly of the American dream. Um, but you know, I really didn't see myself going into the family business like he wanted me to. I mean, he could have, you know, said, "Hey, drop out of school and don't make me spend, you know, a bunch of money on college education. Just come to work for me, and it'll be great." Um, but I, you know, my whole life had really been spent a lot around agriculture because he he loves the farming aspect, right? So I'd been I'd grown up kind of in this this world of agriculture and farming, but I really hadn't seen the other side of agriculture, you know, the part that people don't talk about, the the food supply chains and um, the sales side of marketing, you know, everything that else that goes in to a large agricultural company, all I was seeing was the farming side. And at the time, there really wasn't any women that were examples to me in farming. And so I really didn't think that I wanted to do it. In fact, I said, you know, absolutely not. And was, you know, my inter, my major actually in college was international affairs. I was going to do more like diplomacy between Latin America and Europe and these things like that. So more government relations. Um, and, but, you know, still was kind of interested in the business side. So he didn't, you know, he did not approve of this lifestyle or career choice at all. But um, I wasn't. I wasn't too worried about it. You know, the interesting thing is now when I look back, so much of what I do is also based in, I mean, agriculture is very much related and goes hand in hand with governmental relationships, free trade agreements, all these things are interwoven that people don't tell you, you know, they think, oh, hey, study business or whatever. You can't just study business. I mean, you have to study government. You have to know how government works to be in business and vice versa you have to know how business works or should to be in government right to be a really good um civil servant so so there's there's so many interwoven connections that i just you know 18 years old wasn't even in my mind um, but,
0: but you know what i love so far from your story meryl that even though um you have a possibility to go in the easy way and you know what yes let's join the company my father you choose you know to work hard university you know keep learning and thank god you made the decision because the company you have right now need all this knowledge is a fact so is but again what I like is that you do not take the easy way you took the hard way but right now it's pain and this is something that everybody need to understand there is no free lunch in life I know
1: I, I've tried to find the easy way always and I, I tend to never <laughs> never find it so I'm, I'm pretty sure that it doesn't exist <laughs> But, um, you know, that's just how life is, you know. And when you look back, you say, well, that's not, you know, I made it, right? So uh, it must not have been, it must not have killed me. So I must have, I must have done okay. But yeah, I mean, that's life.
0: And during the university, Meryl, I know that you understood, you you were, were, um, you were studying more in the, government diplomacy, all these things also mixed with That's business. Right. But at this time do you join any organization, maybe in Louisiana? So what what about organization, something else you were doing the, during the university?
1: Yeah, no, I mean I actually studied abroad in Spain and, and I I had actually gotten accepted to Oxford and in, in England to get my master's in Latin American studies. Like I was
0: Fantastic.
1: fully in on on Latin American relations, U.S. diplomacy, those kind of things. Um, And so really it wasn't until, you know, I told my father that I was going to Oxford and he about stroked and told me that he was never going to pay for that. Um, He had never even heard of that school. You know, it wasn't like, oh, my God, my daughter is going to go to Oxford. Like, oh, you know, it was like. I don't know where that is and no you're not going there <laughs> it's not so, right. <laughs> yeah so no I don't know if that's normal at all you know when I think about it but in some ways you know that's that's part of the the what we were talking about earlier right it was there was never like a moment in my life that I've ever thought that like I made it it was all it's always like well that's not really that good enough you know I, I mean or it's not that it's not good enough it's like that's great good accomplishment well So what? What else, right? I do think that um, it's important from a reality checkpoint to tell yourself some of those things, like, "Yeah, that sounds amazing," and that could have been an amazing opportunity for me. Um, And some people would still say that maybe I was crazy not to just go. But really, when I look back, you know, the decision not to go was the right decision because you know I spent those two years underneath him just being introduced to people from all over the world, you know, having experiences that I would never had in a university setting. And then I've been able to, you know, attend programs like with you to Harvard and and catch up on things that I needed. Um, But I didn't waste, you know, two kind of vital years of that, you know, really young adulthood, um, sitting there behind a book, learning about something that wasn't going to necessarily, you know, create value for me for the rest of my life so you know you have to kind of check yourself sometimes in life and and because there's major there's major roads that you can go down that change your life forever right so and there's not really a wrong or right necessarily oh, um so you just yeah you just have to know that are you the decisions also, you make are the decisions are you, you make
0: i also love the fact that you are in 3 million Federation 200 forum. So tell me a little bit more about all this organization, all these uh, you know, um, place where you are working I, in, the, in the government side, in the business side. So tell me a little bit ab- about this forum and activities and organizations.
1: Yeah, you know, um, <laughs> actually it was funny. My father this morning, I was on another call for a uh, task force that I'm on and he said, you know damn it like they're wasting all your time again you know so i get pulled into all these organizations but i do love it i love to be part of different things i think it keeps my mind very engaged um you know from my love of kind of government and diplomacy like we talked about gets me sucked in a lot of times into more um trade negotiation type deals this particular one was um, reopening louisiana and economic development out of louisiana so So I do, you know, I tend to fill that hole, I guess, of things that I really enjoy um, through different organizations that I'm a part of, sitting on boards, those kind of things. Um, And I, you know, I love to meet new people too. Like I'm just, I'm always so just completely, um, I don't know, overwhelmed with some of the people that I meet on these groups and the value that they bring to me and the connections that I make sometimes, Sometimes it's about that, right? Sometimes it's about the camaraderie a little bit, but more so just about being around people that energize me. I love to be around people that give me energy and that are just always on go because then it kind of, my life makes sense, right? Um, I think that it's important the people that you surround yourself with, right? So I love to surround myself with smarter people than me, people that I really feel like are doing incredible things, um, people that wanna make a difference in the world. I, look, th- those those people bring me life, so.
0: I love it love because we share so many of these uh, same uh, values, and, and not just we, all the people that I, I've been interviewing, they always have this passion to keep learning, to keep uh, in, in knowing from person, and as, as you said, they always want to be, this, to be in the table and not the smarter, so they want to be always learning from someone else. I have some questions that I, I do with all the people to understand them, uh, common things. How old are you right now? I know you're you a lady, but I need to ask you the, the age.
1: I'm 31.
0: 31. Okay. Do you remember the first time you made money? the One dollar or whatever? Of course. Of course. When was it? how 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 old are you? uh,
1: the, like You're talking about as a child. You're not talking about as a No, no, like as a, a child, as
0: a child. The first little thing, so...
1: Yeah, I do. I was probably five.
0: Oh my god, why you how you were selling
1: <laughs> I wasn't necessarily selling anything. Um I would collect my father's change, which he knew about. I wasn't like stealing it <laughs> but I would you would put it on to it, right? A lot of money, I mean, I, I actually collected like two or $300, and so we were going to Disney World that year, and my mother, she tells me, she's like, okay, Meryl, you know, you, you're gonna need to spend your money at Disney World. And, the, and I was like, my money? And she's like, yeah, like, you have $300. And I said, on what? And she said, well, food, and admission to the park, and everything, I mean, like, every, no, my mom's wait. serious, like, okay. So she she tells the story that we got to the cafeteria, you know, and and everybody was eating and she said, really and and I asked her if I was gonna have to spend my money and she said yeah and, and I told the waiter that I'll take crackers, please, and water. <laughs> so, um, I wasn't gonna pay, right? So she actually said she got worried by day two, I'd only eaten crackers and water. And so she was like, I mean, I, I can't starve my child. She's five years old. But it's, it's, so, so, it's, anyway,
0: it's so good. Thing, this, she it's she so good, gave this,
1: in at this point.
0: But it's so good, this example, because in three seconds, you learn the value of money. And, and you know what happened last year with my daughter? My daughter is in 19, mm-hmm. is in BU uh, and um, I always buy you know, the computers. But this yeah. time, this time uh, for some reason, She broke the computer, and I said, Okay, you know what? This time you're gonna pay for the computer. And I saw her in the Mac store suffering so hard trying to (laughs) negotiate with a guy. Are you sure? (laughs) But there is any way so, and but it's true, it's important because all these years it's just puppy buy me the computer and I bought the computer. No, no, no. When you need to pay, when you need to earn the money, oh my god, it's a different story.
1: Yeah, my father actually started making me pay from for everything, like for school and everything from high school up. So I had my own account and I mean, I had to write the check to the school and this perfect. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was, it was really valuable to me. I mean, I think that, I think that we wait too long to give kids responsibility. I mean, what, I mean, what's, what's it going to hurt, you know? So, Nothing. but the sooner yeah. they
0: know that the better. Okay. Yeah. Don't know. They don't
1: write the check. They don't go to school.
0: 100%. First, aim, what, what was your first entrepreneurial business, or do you have with a friend something, any small business when you were a kid or something like that, or, or you were always focusing on the study? Um, um, I'm losing you.
1: You know, I don't know that I had a business. Every, um, hey, okay. can you hear me now?
0: No, no yes. Now, 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 now I don't see you. One second. Okay. Now, yes. Okay. Back. Okay. Can you see me? Yes. Now I see you.
1: Okay.
0: So you, you didn't have any business side, you know, during the school or something like that. That you were breaking doing up.
1: This- I wonder why, we're, I wonder why.
0: Yes. Now.
1: you know, you know, Ricardo, I wouldn't say that I had a business, but I was always extremely... Competitive, like I was a Girl Scout instance, and had to sell the most Girl Scout cookies. So my mother literally gave me a phone book, and I called every single person in our entire town until I had sold, you know, all the cookies that I needed to have the gift that I wanted or whatever. So, you know, I was a kid. Um, so no, I not necessarily had. I didn't necessarily have a business, but it was always something. I was always self. I like, I
0: like it, it. I like it. Uh, Meryl, I kinda... What is, what is your biggest success in life so far?
1: Oh, you know, I think my biggest success in life, honestly, is my kids. Um, you know, I, I'm very grateful for them. So I feel like that's probably my biggest success in life. That's technically my legacy, you know. Um, so, but I mean, I've had many successes, many failures, frankly, I feel like I have a success and a failure pretty much every day. Um, and literally my entire life, small successes, right. Big ones, but, um, and small failures and big failures pretty much daily. So at this point, you know, it's, I feel like there's just, it's been just an incredible journey, honestly. Um, you know, starting businesses. Um, buying businesses, turning businesses around that were failures—that—that that probably, you know, I've I've actually turned a business at this point. That was probably the the most um, challenging success that I feel like I can put in my bucket. I don't. Somebody told me the other day that I should just do turnarounds, and said, "No, I prefer I prefer you know startups building from the building from the bottom because you can rebuild your culture the way you want it. When you take somebody else's culture, it's just it's so draining, right? Mm. So, I mean, it really is. Um, but, you know, I, I'm, I feel like at this point, it doesn't really necessarily matter. They all kind of, the successes and the failures, you know, it's an, it's an everyday up and down battle, but um, it's like a mountain, you just keep on climbing.
0: I love, I love something that you mentioned, Meryl. Um, you as well as many entrepreneurs and leaders, you mentioned without even asking you that you have been in many failures. So we have you, you, you made mistakes uh, and it's normal. And one of the most important things that I'm trying to do in these interviews is that people need to understand that making a mistake is something normal. And, and this is an amazing opportunity to, to learn from these mistakes. So and and I love that in all the interviews when I ask what is the the, the the failure that you had they said oh my god do you want one or all of them because I have a lot and I, <laughs> I love, can't even
1: I don't even know them all at this but, point you know but
0: but you but you know what is fantastic that you express in this way without no problem because it's something normal and you know what. When you are a person that you are not able to make mistakes, you are not creating anything, you are not inventing anything, you, because you are it, super it's scared. Probably,
1: it's probably one of the worst things. I mean, honestly, I always say this to people, but confidence is a lot of it, right? So it's the ability to make a mistake, a huge mistake, like lose thousands of dollars and walk in a room and still be proud of yourself, right? Like still, what? and and the next day, you know, to beat yourself up a little bit about it because you know you're not gonna ever do it again, but not to, you know, not to focus on it, not to think yeah. about it. Like it just and happened, right? Just like...
0: Live from that, and, like, from that and, li- and move forward. Yeah, move on. Yes. And, 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 right. move-
1: and then be, not be scared to act- do something.
0: 100%. Another thing, middle. you know that I, I became American not so far away and something that I love, love from our country now, our country America, it is the fact that that uh, is the fact that the American people, the, the American culture is based on that. Is the the people that have more value is the person that made it by themselves, and and having a company and going running a company. Uh, if you learn from that, doesn't define you. So what defines you is what you do every single day. It's not about your past. It's not that okay. I have a failure, so you are going to be a loser for your life. No. You're going to be a loser if you never do something to move forward, to, to, to learn from, from problems. And, and I believe one of the most amazing countries in the world that have been this very, very clear is the U.S. Because in Europe, in Latin America, still, uh, it's a lot of where, where you're coming from. And if you made a mistake, it's like, oh, my God, this guy made a mistake. Go, move forward from this guy. You know, you know Salos Redne. You remember Salo mm-hmm. from Harvard? Yeah, of course. The, the other day I was in a in a coffee with him. I was telling about um, uh, freedom because he's, he's one of the advisors, and he said I was saying, "Oh my God, Salo, I tried this and it was a failure. I tried the other. Oh my God!" And he said, "I'm so happy, Rick. And right now, <laughs> I put one million. I will put five million now because I saw how much are you suffering. So now I, I'm i right. really deep in the field fighting. I love that. So." The, 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 believe it or not, it's more important when you find an executive that have a lot of you know battles and, in the in all, have been winning but learning from the from the you know mistakes than a person that is just you know a winner and never understood uh, how to recover, how to move forward from something wrong. But this is something that I wanna be super super pushing and clear in this interview. So let me go back to the questions. Okay. What is the best mental advice that someone gave you in your life? Or some advice that you remember in like an important one?
1: Oh gosh. Um, you know, there's a quote that hangs in my father's office. Um, and he, he uses it a lot too. His, his always advice is always be open for change. Right? So he really believes that you should be able to change your mind to the very last moment. So if you get into a deal and you don't like it, then you should pull out. Right. So he always says, always leave yourself room. Right. Always, always be able to change your mind. Never get so fixated that you can't say that you're wrong and you can't move to a different direction. Um, But yeah, it is. true. So that's a wonderful piece of advice. Um, But there's a, there's a quote to it. It's always that reads something like every morning in Africa, uh, Giselle, wakes up and must outrun you know a lion and every morning in Africa a lion wakes up and must you know outrun a gazelle to eat right to survive so it doesn't really matter the point is it doesn't really matter if you're the lion and you're the king of the jungle right needs to eat or you're the you're the little guy that um, needs to outrun him you have to continue to run I, mean, I think that that's the point that that to me that's yeah I mean it, to me, that it's cutting about Miss. It's cutting and fall and whatever, but you better, um, the being the giant. Hey, can you hear me? Yes. Why are we cutting out so bad, Ricardo?
0: I have no idea.
1: <laughs> I'm not. I don't either. It's weird. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna disconnect from this and try to go on my. Okay, hey, can you hear me? Yes. I will try again. Anyways, but if you're the lion, right? And you wake up and you fall, right? You're not going to eat if you don't get up. <laughs> so you're going to starve to death. So I don't care if you're, you know, the startup or you're the big giant monopoly or whatever. And um, you you have to be constantly in motion. The world's not going to stop. The world continues to move. Um, and I think that, that that sums up basically my life, honestly. Um, I love it. I try to live. I live by that every day.
0: Hey, Meryl, do you have an amount of money that you are waiting? And when you have this amount of money, <laughs> you stop. Or you will never stop. You're gonna keep working all your life. I don't care
1: about money, Ricardo. No, I'm just it. kidding. No, I, I <laughs> obviously I like money. <laughs> we all like money, right? Um, but no, I have no. There's never a dollar mind. I, I don't really work for money anymore. Um, I'll be honest with you. I love work because I love what I'm working on and money is something that I have to have to continue to work on what I'm doing. Um, and, and that's the reality.
0: It's a common, it's a common thought. Non-leader are working for money. They work for something and the money is a consequence of a good work. So I 100% with you. Um, do you have someone that is an inspiration for you, a legend, something like that in your life?
1: You know, I, I actually have, um, I don't know that necessarily I have, I mean, my father's a legend, frankly. Uh, he was named a Louisiana legend. So yeah, he is an inspiration for me. Um, and I feel very proud to ha- to have him, but I use a lot of, um, maybe because I'm a female in a very unique industry, right? There's very few of us. There's a lot of role mo- female role models that, you know, I follow and things like that, that I just think are incredible people. And, you know, I, I get inspiration from them. Again, I told you earlier, I surround myself with all kinds of people that I, I find inspirational, right? Um, and the weirder they are, the better to me, like that more feeds my soul soul, a little bit, right? So, I, you know, it. I just, to me, everybody's an inspiration in some ways, you know, even, even the people that you don't necessarily find as heroes or I feel like are inspirational, so.
0: Talking about exercise, do you do how yeah. many days? Exercise, how many days?
1: You know, I really try to exercise at least five times a week. Um, I feel like even if it's just walking outside, I wouldn't say that I have like a, a regimen of what I do necessarily. Um, I love yoga, and meditation. I do a lot of that. But I try to do something outdoors every day, right? Sometimes twice a day, even this, with, with COVID-19, it's been nice because it's allowed me to like walk in the afternoons and actually work out in the mornings and stuff like that. Um, but but yeah no i think mental mentally to be focused you have to you have to take care of your body i mean that's like a it's like number 1 you don't have to be some crazy you know i, I mean you know i'm probably never going to look like giselle um frankly but i can i can take care of my body and make sure that mentally that you know everything is in check so i think it's important
0: yeah what about the food? Are you eating healthy?
1: Yeah, to me, food's probably more important than than exercise. People people think that you're just going to exercise and be skinny. and That's not necessarily true. Mm-hmm. It's all about what you put in your body, right? So how you feel mentally, are you clear, right? Um, I mean, even to the extent of, don't get me wrong, I, I like to drink, but I try not to drink during the week because then I'm not as, clear during the day right i can i'm a pretty small person so just you know a couple glasses can make me foggy the next day so you know i try to be aware
0: there is a phrase that says that the 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 good body is made knowing the gym is in the kitchen
1: yeah no it's a lot of truth to that right so and and what you feed yourself absolutely affects how you feel and your confidence and what you know what you look like and your skin and everything 100%
0: 100% Emeril. at what time do you go to sleep
1: I go to sleep early honestly I'm an old lady sometimes when it comes to bedtime but my kids go to bed early um, about 8 and so I normally get in the bed about 8 30 or 9 and I'm asleep you know by 10 Fantastic. sometimes I read or work or
0: I, I don't sometimes remember the, like there that. was there was a friend I don't remember who was the person that he was uh-huh. teaching us and they said if I can convince my kids to at least in the university, um, eat well and sleep eight hours. I'm gonna for sure increase the possibility of getting high rates in forty percent. So just the wow. just the just the eat healthy and the sleep the time that they need to, because in the college it's so crazy that they don't eat well. So the, the body, at the it's in a machine. It's in a machine. So if you don't treat well, at the end, you don't get the the results. And, and at what time do you wake up, Meryl? Um,
1: I wake up fairly early, Ricardo. I mean, I would say somewhere between five and six every day,
0: yeah. and
1: then, yeah. I'm I don't normally... know if you guys are, are
0: looking at my interviews before and now that, because <laughs> every person have the same routine. I think that they uh, wake up early and and work hard is something that always. Work. Well,
1: if I yeah, if I don't work, if I don't wake up early, I don't have any really time to collect my own thoughts before my day starts either. Right. So, I love to you know, some mornings I work out, some mornings I don't, but on the mornings I don't, I'm in the office early because I need to wrap my head around something before I have to start my day. Right. So I always want to be ahead of the people that are working for me or the, you know, where I am. I don't ever, I feel very, um, you know, if I'm behind then there's a problem, right? So I need to be ahead and, and be able to be focused ahead of them so that we can prepare properly. Um, And that means a lot of times I've got to be not distracted and the mornings are perfect. I mean, people, people don't realize that mornings are the perfect, your brain actually, it's amazing. Um, There's books about it, how your brain works better at certain times of the day. And like during the hours of like the traditional Spanish siesta, right? That they're sleeping. Well, your brain is only functioning like 10% anyways. So, you know, you never want to go to an important meeting at certain times. Right. So like, if you can get the earliest appointment, take it, um, you know, I it's, I mean, it's really important. People, people completely neglect. It, it.
0: I think that they think they, people think different. In fact, when I have something that that in, in the agency to work in a campaign, something like that, and I need the feedback from the, from the leader or from the head of the company, I prefer that he give me the first time in the morning because. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. But, but but it's something that it, sometimes in the creative world, no no, at night I think better, no, at night you are super tired. So in the morning, fresh with a coffee in the hand, relaxed. Is a totally? Yeah, and
1: perfect. if you had something stressful happen during the day, you're not bringing that into the meeting, right? So it's completely clear. Mm-hmm. You slept. You're you're one hundred tired. You are a
0: simple tired. Period. It's yeah, true.
1: they say that you have a, another peak. It's it's really interesting. The time clock but you have another peak around five o'clock where you're really happy again but then it's really short-lived so maybe that's why they think right they think that at nighttime. um but you know it's I just feel like the mornings are yours and those are very precious hours in the day you should take them
0: Agreed. Uh, do you have a, a book that you recommend Meryl some some book that you really if you have to recommend just one what would you recommend
1: Ah. Uh, Oh my gosh, I love to read. This is so hard. You just told me one outlier. Outliers, probably. I really like the book Outliers.
0: Um, Do do you know the story? I mean, you know the the story about this book that is so so good. uh, To the people that don't know the book, still, um, it's about um, um, it's a study where they analyze uh, some common things uh, that. uh, help uh, human beings for example if you are the younger in a in a, in in a school uh, you have a disadvantage for example in a sport if you that's are, outliers exactly yeah so this is what, yeah. you, what you mentioned about the book and i yeah. move, i moved my daughter andreina one year because she was the youngest in a group right. so she's gonna have a disadvantage so in the us i move her in in a, in a he, I, made, I made her repeat one year to just to take advantage of the uh, what the Dad. book does. So this is something that I, I, I'm, I wanna also repeat. Yesterday I was with a friend Carlos Añanos, the head of the biggest company, Coca-Cola company in Latin America. Uh, and he was mentioned something like: it's not just inspiration, inspiration or whatever you read, it's what you bring and make immediately happen. So if you have an idea and you do not implement, at the end of the day, you're losing your time. So the idea Absolutely. is through, through all these books, to all these people that inspire us, try to understand as soon as possible what can you bring immediately and implement. And you know what? You don't need to be perfect in implementation. Let's do baby steps. At least start. And again, don't yep. be don't be worried about because you can adjust, adjust, adjust. But the important thing is the, moving the, exactly, exactly. Another friend, uh, Bobby Coimbra. Bobby Coimbra is the head for Andino region of WPP. is a huge multinational company. Mm-hmm. And he he mentioned, like, it's, it's very important to put the balls in movement. So, always keep something yeah. So, never never stop, like, in these days. So, if you lose these amazing opportunities where the, where the world is in pause and you can take advantage, you are, oh, yeah. my God, losing yeah. Such yeah.
1: A- the Yeah, li- look, the lion's either going to eat you, right? You're either going to become really? stuff- you're gonna become supper, right? Or you're gonna be the lion and not be and not eat, starve to death. So, I mean, it's the same thing. You you have to you have to continue. You have to change. You have to be able to change, right? You have to be able to adjust. You have to be able to move. You cannot be debilitated by fear or mistakes or whatever. And so, you're right. I mean, uh, you know, I, I mean, there's all kinds of books that talk about. Like Sheryl Sandberg wrote something called Lean In. Um, there's a book, it's like F it or something like that, but look, it's all, it's the same, it's basically the same message, which is interesting mm-hmm. that you say that a lot of people you've been interviewing have the same message too. Um, but I see it over and over again for people. I see people that get on the cusp and they've already made it. I, I call it transition where, you know, it's so hard when you first begin because you've got you know, very little knowledge, you have less confidence in yourself, you've had less successes so the failure seems so much bigger, right? They seem huge. It feels like every day, like I'm never going to, now at this point in my career, like I fail, but I know that I'm, you know, I've built reputation, I've built integrity, I'm going to figure it out. Even if my business goes away tomorrow and I lose everything, you know, that's fine. I could reinvent myself. I have confidence in myself to do that. Ten years ago, that was harder, right? It's not so easy. Even five years ago, that was harder to believe because I'd had less successes, so the failures seemed bigger. So I just think that in general, um, it's it, and again, I, I call it transition. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's almost it's that period in life where you don't realize you already made it through the hardest part, and so you keep on waiting, you know, to. It to be worse or something, and it's not going to be worse. You know, you made it over the hump, and a lot of times people quit right then. It's like that last mile in the marathon, and you don't even realize you're in the last mile. If you realize you're in the last mile, then you You run harder, right? But you don't realize you're in the last mile because you're blind. Nobody told you what mile you're on. So you're like, What mile am I on? I can't see a time clock, you know, whatever. And so people stop. So, I mean, it's like, Anyway, it's become,
0: also very important. Yeah,
1: it's because it 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 weeds to me out the people that are going to be very highly successful and people that are not. I mean, and that's that's harsh, but it's true. And and I see it daily, honestly, with our um, with my friends, with our employees, with family members, things like that. Um, you know, you you just and transition can happen at any point, right? But you have to you have to get over it.
0: 100%. And Merle, the last question, uh, what is the advice that you need to give to people right now during these days is, uh, where someone are super negative? What, what is your advice to finish the, 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 the interview?
1: You know, um, I could say a lot of things, I guess. I know that we're all struggling in this whole situation. Again, it's a bit of a mental thing, right? So we don't know when the transition is going to happen we don't know if it's already happened, like we think we're coming out of this, but then we might go back in it, then we might not be, you know. So again, it's, it's a mental thing where you don't know where you are that really bothers people and, and makes a lot of uncertainty with people and makes it very difficult for people to get through, I think, some things that, you know, you know, there's not necessarily a definite timeline for. But I would, I would encourage people to be living gratitude, right? To live thankful for the things they have. I woke up this morning, my children woke up this morning. I'm healthy. I'm happy. I can't. I mean, there's really, it's, it's the sun is out, right? There's lots of things in life to be happy about. So when you fall into kind of like, Oh, a situation of the world's ending, well, you know, call your friend, you know, go walk over to your neighbor's house and leave them something if they can't see you. I don't know. Do something that, um, brings joy to you. Because there's always something to have gratitude for and be thankful for. And I think if you live like that, then you know, you can see through the darkest moments in life. There's always something to be positive about.
0: Meryl, I love you. I love to be your friend. I love to I love work you with too, you. Ricardo. So thank you for this time and to for share your, your story with us. So thank you again, Meryl.
1: Thank you too, Ricardo. Talk soon. Bye.
0: Bye. Bye. Bye.